You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here comes Smart. Four-point game. He'll take a three. The rebound read. Philadelphia has won. The Sixers have captured game one without Spectacular 45 points. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Strowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Joining us now is Rick Camp, senior editor with 444 and BetSperts. Follow him on Twitter at Rick C. Camp. And Rick, I want to begin with the Sixers Celtics series because one of the things that I have noticed when it comes to Boston is that their defense looks way more suspect this year than they did last. Just came across uh, this uh, nugget on Twitter. Boston has averaged allowing 1.23 points per possession these playoffs. That's really bad. 1.23. When, during the regular season, you know there were some real promising signs that the Celtics defense was going to be really good. But now, playing the Hawks and then one game against the Sixers, there are some real question marks there. Is Boston way more vulnerable than perhaps we thought at the start of these playoffs? I think a little bit, but I also think the competition that we were expecting them to have has gotten worse. So while I agree, I don't necessarily know that their chances to win the East are any different than they were before. Because I think this is one of the big differences where we were wondering throughout the year, what was the difference going to be between Ime Udoka and Joe Mazzula, where Joe Mazzula clearly in a lot of the thought has gone to the offensive side with how many threes Boston was taking, even though they only took, I think it was like 26 in game one, which is noteworthy a little bit itself. But really, it's, uh, it's defensively they don't have quite as good of schemes as it seems like they did before. Some of like the subtle things, like the pre-switches or you know how guys would be used from Udoka, those aren't there as often or as obviously uh, with Missoula and this coaching staff. So I, I think that does matter a good amount. And especially when you have, it's almost like the bad part of having so many good chess pieces. You could talk yourself into almost any of the matchups being good in a vacuum or in an individual matchup, but it's being willing to adjust. And I just don't know in that obviously a little bit of a, a skewed sample with how Philly played versus how they'll play with Embiid in game one. Uh, that Missoula wasn't really willing to move things around as much as probably Udoka would have defensively. That's the biggest thing I've taken from it. But I still think Boston overall is likely to be okay. Uh, for those that don't know, over at BetSperts, you really focus in on – you do bet sides and totals, but you really hone in on player props. And, you know, for the good of the NBA, for, for a lot of fans that are pretty neutral – they think this kind of stinks. Like a lot of the uh, most impactful players 
are not out there. And that's one of the big reasons that we have all these lower seeds advancing, which we, we don't see much uh, in the NBA playoffs. For you, though, as an NBA player props better, does it help you? Do you find it easier when, okay, you're removing something, somebody that takes up a ton of usage, and do you have more clarity when figuring out, okay, there's value in this prop or that prop? Okay, now that now this is going to go up or, or there's an opportunity here or there. I think it is team dependent, but in terms of Philly – like one thing I'm mad at myself about yesterday is, you know, you go through your whole process and like part of my thing is I'll, I'll look at some basic numbers each day and then I'll just kind of shotgun approach, write down everything that even looks mildly interesting. And then I'll start to pare it down from there. And mm-hmm. one thing that I wrote down was DeAnthony Melton over on his threes because he's really been their sixth man. And it's just a matter of when they want to play smaller a little bit. It's Melton being out there, making them go more three guards. And in, in this case, it would have been, you know, give P.J. Tucker less time for some cardio and have play Tobias Harris at the four along with Paul Reed. So that was – and obviously he, he shot way better than he should have on his number of attempts yesterday. But that's something that, looking back on it, I'm like, I should have played that. That made a lot of sense because he was going to get run. And it's if they had to switch something up, he was probably going to be the guy that was moved either with the starters or just more minutes overall. So in those cases, yeah, I I think so. But like with a team like Denver, as an example, I think right now, because they're so, they built that team to be so much around that starting five. And that starting five is built so much around just Jokic Murray two-man game. Like as an Mm -hmm. example, with assists in this series, no one outside of those two is averaging more than two and a half potential assists in games one and two. So it's really a funnel in terms of usage because everything comes off of that two-man game and they're they're such good, they have good vision. Obviously, Jokic is one of the, has some of the best vision we've ever seen. And Murray is actually really creative and probably doesn't get as much uh, much love as he should for his passing ability and his vision that it's, why would you want, Aaron Gordon making that many decisions or KCP or Michael Porter Jr. Really when those guys are getting their chances, it's when you get a drive to the basket and a kick back out to the weak side corner. And then one of those guys is either deciding to take that three or swing it to the corner possibly. That's pretty much it. So sometimes with these usage funnels, it's actually good to have everything stay static just because you have a good idea of what everything's going to be. And then it's just nitpicking the little details to see, okay, should I be looking at KCP over threes or Michael Porter Jr. or something on a given day? Rick, uh, another series that is affected by injuries is the first game tonight. Heat, Knicks, will Jimmy Butler play? Is Julius Randle coming back? So many question marks. And how does that affect how you're going to play some props? I haven't touched anything in this game as of yet. I need, I need some clarity just because Jimmy is so much of what they do. If yep. he, like right now, the thing that I may be closest to playing is Kyle Lowry over four and a half assists is plus money. I haven't played yes. it yet, but if he's out, it, it's the balance of does Miami do what's best for their offense? Or do they do probably what's best for the matchup against the Knicks? Cause the Knicks are going to play big, but if you go, either just increased minutes for Lowry off the bench, or maybe you start him next to Gabe Vincent, and maybe it's a little bit less of Max Strews because he can be so hot and cold with his shot. I, I think that's a real question. 
And I think part of that is also going to have to do with uh, with Randall. Because if if Randall doesn't play, like the thing that, that interests me too is things I'm looking at. If Jimmy Butler does not play, is Tom Thibodeau willing to have Josh Hart play less than like 45 minutes, maybe give Quentin Grimes more run to give them a little offensive boost because Josh Hart hasn't been doing that. So I haven't played anything yet, but I've got a few contingencies based on who plays. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, you, you've obviously uh, covered Jimmy Butler when he, it was a while ago. It was team many yes. teams ago. But I, I said this earlier on the show. Tell me if if I'm off base. What we know about Jimmy, playoff Jimmy, and just how he's been throughout his entire career, he is going to push the to play this is the conference semis jimmy's going to want to be out there but this is a smart organization they realize that the goal was split at the garden and then we're fine we're fine and now game three is until saturday i mean what do you expect to happen my expectation is the organization's like no no riley's like no no no, dude dude game three saturday let's take care of business in south beach we did what we wanted let, let's see if our, our guys can uh, can shock the world and we'll go up 2-0 and you're going to be healthier for the remainder of the series. If Jimmy was in any other organization, I would I would disagree. But with Miami, I do agree. And, but, and the thing is, Miami will do what they can to, to, to help with Jimmy. He's going to be a game-time decision up until tip. It's going to be, you know, emphasizing – well, with this injury, it would usually take this amount of time. But with Jimmy Butler, he's close to being <laughs> able to play today. So so it, it boosts the ego, which, you know, hey, with Jimmy, maybe on the court he doesn't have the biggest ego, but off the court, you know, he's progressed from, oh, I'm just a guy from Tomball, Texas, who's in an NBA locker room playing country music. Look how different I am. <laughs> that was a huge thing with the Bulls. There was like every beat writer wrote an article about <laughs> Boy, you know, you just hear what you normally hear, and then you go to Jimmy Butler's locker, and boy, it's just, you know, it's different with the snorting emoji, you know? <laughs> like, But I think, I don't think he'll play. Like, if I if I was forced to guess, I don't think he plays, but I, I do think it's going to go up until tip just because they want to give him every benefit of the doubt to say, well, he's doing everything he can to be ready to go. I've been to Tomball, Texas. There are wonderful people there. So let, let's you know make sure we get that out of the way. That it's it's a wonderful town. Wonderful town. You know, it's interesting when when looking at the Heat that Gabe Vincent is someone who has really stepped up his game in the postseason, especially when it comes to being a distributor. Anything there that piques your interest? The only reason I'm a little tepid on it is because of of the likelihood of Kyle Lowry playing more minutes. Obviously, they're going to need multiple guys to be able to create, or at least any respectable offense needs that. Maybe they just won't be that. Like, honestly, something I've thought about, but I haven't bet, and I actually don't, I don't think I will regardless, is the Heat team total under, just because of if, especially with the thought process, Jimmy does not play. That's the obviously huge caveat, because who, who else can create a shot? Because Bam's terrified right now with the way he plays. 
So outside of that, I could even see the game going over, but the Heat team total going under. So maybe at that point you're looking at, at Nick Nick's alternate lines, and that's a way to maybe play the game instead. But uh, I, I think there's validity to it for sure, because if I had to rank, like, who's going to create shots if Jimmy Butler is out? It's probably in the starting unit, assuming Lowry stays in that sixth-man role, I would say, because probably Duncan Robinson starts or something, I would say it that would end up being like, like Bam one gave Vincent two, something like that, and or or swap them. So if you think he can get that number in those minutes without Kyle Lowry, or at least a vast majority without Kyle Lowry, then I think that's absolutely a play. Oh, they're having a party in New York over Lakers Warriors. Warriors favored by four and a half game one. And over at BetMGM, Golden State, a minus 160 favorite for the series. But I know you're focusing on the bigs. Are you going to continue to bet loony rebound props? And, you know, AD on the other side, he's been hitting his rebound props as well. I think for game one, I'm laying off the rebound props, but I'm interested by loony assists. Because the way he's been getting his assists is kind of independent of who's been guarding him necessarily. So I think like three and a half assists at plus money for Kavon Looney works. Because even though Draymond's still been getting his assists, they've been making sure to have one of them on the floor to be in that role of, of big man facilitator. So that way you don't have Jordan Poole dribbling into oblivion trying to, you know, trying to do everything himself when he should have a very, very, like, fixated role in what he does at this point. So I, I actually really like uh, over three and a half assists for Kevon Looney. And Draymond Green has been getting, ever, especially since uh, the suspension and coming back, turnovers. Turnovers have been a big thing for him. He's going to get his minutes. The Lakers do play big. In the, I, I really think the turnovers are going to be a problem for him. In this series, just with better defenders on him versus what you saw out of Sacramento. So it's like two and a half. I want to say it's around minus 110, uh, depending on where you look. I, I do like that for Draymond because I think even more, you're seeing the, the Warriors lean into big men facilitating, and Steph will do his ISO thing when he has to, but he'll get his stuff within the offense. Clay can't really create for himself anymore. And then when Wiggins is dribbling, it's more because he's attacking a closeout. So he's, it's generally going to be within two dribbles that he gets that shot up. So at that point, you're still looking at an assist for whoever got him the ball. So I, I think both of those guys, both of the bigs for Golden State, are going to have the potential assists in this game. I'd rather play Looney and think that Draymond's probably going to turn the ball over a decent amount too. Do you have an opinion on the side or the total? Um, obviously, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, the Lakers had more rest. And then, you know, Golden State at home, that's a good look. And then the Lakers have been playing well defensively. The under, does that interest you at all? There's a 228, a couple 228s out there still. It does interest me. And it's partially because against the Kings, the Kings defense, which, mind you, they probably played over their heads defensively in the series against the Warriors, the Warriors had the 10th-rated playoff half-court offense. Like, that's that's a little disturbing if you're, if you're for Golden State. So while, you know, I may like a couple, like, small line overs, I think in that game, especially with, you know, Golden State just coming off that series and them having the better offense overall than the Lakers, 
I do think that under has some legs, especially with it, it has been creeping up. I, I think it opened at 227. It's gotten to 228. You know, I haven't bet it yet. I am going to play an under at some point here before tip. Kind of wanted to see if you start to see some juice tipping back down towards the under, or do we get close? Do we get a 228 and a half? If we do, awesome. If not, I'll bet a 228, but I do think the under for game one has legs. Just about 15 seconds left here, Rick. Who will be that third score for the Lakers? Because it does feel like a revolving door after LeBron and after AD. I don't think it's D'Angelo Russell. I actually kind of like his under points in game one. Austin Reeves. Let's go Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves it is. I like it. I like it. Rick Camp, Senior Editor with 4 for 4 and Bet Spurts. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we continue the NBA conversation and offer our thoughts on Lakers-Warriors Game 1. That's coming up on the BetQL Network.